just said the goral. Thank you. Goral is a way of life. It's not girl. It's goral. And it's not gender. Goral is a way of life. It is a way of life. I totally agree. I use girl like people use dude. And some people are like, don't call me girl. And it's like, well, don't call me dude then. I mean, well, and, you know, and like, specifically the girl said that way. It, it's uh, it's terribly inspired by a uh, Gru's voice from Despicable Me. He's like, okay, girls, go to bed. So and, that is and, totally and that different read than I was expecting. <laughs> it, it's something. It's something goofy. I say with my siblings in our house, like we're just like, yes, girl. And then when somebody's I, like, did you just call me a girl? We're like, no, girl. Girl is a lifestyle. Okay, it's a state of mind. <laughs> hey, where is my? Where's my? Here we go. Judge Lauren dropping it. Girl, it's a statement. <laughs> it's a. It's a way of life. The fabulous, the best, number one. I'm going to go ahead and say it. We are the number one Nightcrawler podcast in the world. 100%. I mean, I mean, like, listen, if you're out there listening and you can find a better one, uh, just show it to me because uh, there's no better (laughs) than us right now. And I say that with confidence because we're the only one. (laughs) So that helps. And and, and how does that happen? I mean, everybody has a podcast for everything. Like, I don't know, but like, it's, it's nice we don't have a lot of competition but also bring it on bring it on i've gotten into a couple conversations recently like in discords and stuff where people are like really it's a nightcrawler podcast like all you do is talk about nightcrawlers like yeah that's literally all we do and we've been doing it now over six months um we're gonna be hitting a year in september like that's wild that's absolutely wild i'm having a great time though i'm enjoying every minute of it and of course this is our pride episode uh we have your friendly neighborhood by and your friendly neighborhood ally here let's go to do- <laughs> i came up with that hours ago and i was like oh my god that's hilarious I'm gonna i love it. it i love it we're roaming the streets we're here to help at any corner um you know it's it's what we do it's what heroes do Amen. And I want to, before we get into everything, before we get into the intros and everything, I want to point out that we are raising money for the Trevor Project. We have a fabulous, we have two shirt designs and you know what we're going to, whatever money we make from all, both of them, we're going to send to the Trevor Project. We've got uh, an amazing shirt that was designed by uh, me and Chango XTC uh, actually did the art for it. And it's uh, Juggernaut and Black Tom. And it says, not just buddies, brah. I love Which it. is actually a Lauren quote from one of our episodes. And then we have Thank our you. awesome BAMF shirt. So every single cent, every single penny goes to the Trevor Project. So please go check it out. Check out our website for that. Yes. But if a- you don't know the Trevor Project's uh, a really awesome uh, organization for LGBTQ youth and all that stuff. They do a lot of great work. Um, you know, they, they've been around for quite a while now. I knew like even in high school, like, you know, I, I remember them being around when I was still coming out and stuff. So yes, buy cool shirts, donate money that way. It's a great time. Um, and send us pics, send us pics. On yeah. Twitter send us pics. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm going to be posting myself wearing them. I love how you're like Trevor project was important. in when I was in high school, I was like, we didn't have the Trevor project when I was in high school because I went to high school yeah. fucking a long time ago. <laughs> Oh, it's like they were barely like, around when I was in high school. I mean, they, you know, it. I mean, yeah, my my age group it was weird because now we're so used to like gays everywhere, you know. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many issues, it's everywhere. But back then, it was just starting to become more talked about. 
Oh, yeah. I remember when I was in high school, they, they just were getting started. Like, they were just starting to talk about having, like, a gay lesbian alliance, like, club in the school. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that's how old I am. I'm fucking old. I go way back. Anyway, I am Nocturne, guys. The OG Nocturne, a.k.a. Lisa, a.k.a. your girl. Uh, and, yeah, I'm I'm joined, of course, by my amazing co-host, the fabulous, the one and only. I am Lauren, your friendly neighborhood by And uh, Lisa picked out another really great issue this week. Um, that we wanted to focus on specifically because of its uh, elements uh, relating to, you know, Pride Month and, and Pride in general and um, supporting the community, intersectionality, uh, Lisa mentioned earlier, which is one of my favorite words that is not talked about properly always. Um, so I'm really excited to talk about this. No, this is a great episode. So for those of you out there uh, who have not read our title, which I'm sure is going to be this. Um, we're talking about Amazing X-Men number 13. This is from 2013. This is this is a great issue, like you were saying, for intersectionality, for pride, for all those things. But another great thing about this issue is this is where we got our name from. So we'll get to that and we'll talk about that. That's where uh, Simply Amazing comes from. Our, our um, name comes from one of the gayest issues. You're welcome, guys. We did it. <laughs> we did it. One, one of the gayest issues starring Nightcrawler, which there's not a whole lot of gay issues starring Nightcrawler. So this is... Are, and that's honestly homophobic at Marvel. Do better. <laughs> no, listen, I think the only thing gayer that Marvel has published of night with Nightcrawler in it is that Wolverine... Cover, cover which we should do we should do an entire episode just about that cover because that we cover should. is so it's iconic i feel like anytime anyone talks about like any kind of slash relationships it's that cover is always comes up because it's yeah. it's so iconic and it's just like it, it it's amazing that nobody at marvel like was like wow this is really gay uh is that our intention for this cover Unless well, they were, and they were like, let's go for it. Well, I think it's funny because, and you know, when we do an episode, talk about, but just because you mentioned it, I think so many of the Marvel editors in office, they're like, this looks really macho masculine, pregnant. And they didn't realize how homoerotic it is. Or maybe there was somebody in the office that did, and they're like, so I want this homoerotic shit uh, published. I'm going to act like it's really macho as fuck. So they publish it. And it worked. Whatever happened, they published I, it. it. It's, if you haven't seen it, basically, Wolverine is sitting at a table and he's got a beer on the table and the beer is just placed so perfectly that it could be his dick. <laughs> like it really could. And then Nightcrawler's just fucking naked in front of him. Which And for what uh, reason? Mm. No one knows. And you know what the best part is? The interior issue is a totally different artist. It's uh, Derek Robertson did the interior. I don't remember who did the cover because when we cover this issue, we'll get to it. But the whole of the interior is Kurt's a fuck as a priest and they're like ch chatting as BFFs. So it's just... It's just fucking brilliant. I love it. Anyway, well, let's get to as, this as, issue. As a lesbian say, that's some super core shit. All right. Next. Yes, let's get to this issue. So we have uh, Amazing X-Men number 13. James Tinian is the writer. Uh, and he. this is, like, I think one of his only works for Marvel. He has not done a lot for Marvel at all. And yeah, I, who knows I really want to say that. Are, but I don't blame him. <laughs> I mean, he's doing, he's like in charge of the entire bat everything, isn't he at no, um, DC right no. now? No, who's, mm -hmm. what is he doing? What's he, he's, he's doing, in charge of something. He's doing something big with mm -mm. DC, I know. No, not anymore, really. He does Nice oh. House on the Lake. That's his, which is Black Label. But past that, he wrote Batman for a bit. That run was very, you either loved it or hated it. There was a much middle. 
somebody else has been on the book for a while. Zadarsky's picking up Batman now. So, no, he's he's not really in charge of anything in DC anymore other than he does Nice House on Lake. And then most of the other stuff he's doing is indie. So he does a lot okay. of indie work. Uh, Something's Killing the Children, which is an image book. Got it. Um, got it. Okay. It. Fair. So I was completely wrong. Thank you for that <laughs> one. Um, I don't know where I got that idea. I don't pay attention to anything DC, period. Like, at I mean, all. For a like, while, he was writing quite a bit of DC, so I don't blame you. He did Justice League Dark and Batman and a couple other things. It's just uh, that time, that era has passed, I guess. Gotcha. I mean, like, I'm going to be real. I stopped reading DC stuff, like, after Blackest Night. That's how long it's been for me and DC. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, like, that was that was the end of DC for me. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a bad thing. It wasn't like I decided. It was just, I don't know. I just moved on. Whatever. Anyway, so yeah, James Tinian, uh, 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 George or Jorge Jimenez is here. I didn't look Jorge. up pronunciation of all that stuff. I did look up pronunciation of Anol because I was like, I'm not going to go through this damn episode trying to figure out how to say Anol or if it's Anole or whatever else. No, it's Anol. I looked it up. I actually went on Google and like you can have Google say it to you and it's Anol. Uh, so, so yes. So the, the issue, it's called Charm School. The the whole concept of this issue basically is it's it's starring three main the three main characters of this issue are Anol, Nightcrawler, and uh Jean-Paul Barbier, aka North Star. Um mm. and and yeah, so this issue starts out with a young boy, young blonde uh boy is waiting at yeah, you know, he's waiting with a cup of tea or something at like a Starbucks or something like that in Chelsea, asking, waiting for Vic to come and uh, Vic does not show up. Oh, Vic. Oh, oh. I know because he's okay. So yeah, we'll get into the intersectionality about the, uh, in a minute, but like, it's just, you know, he, he's a character who he's gay and he's got a physical mutation. So it's like, mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's trying to meet the right person. He wants to go on dates, but then there's that like feeling of, um, you know, what like are they really gonna like who I am? I think everybody can relate to this. If you if anybody out there has done online dating, I think we all can relate to that feeling of like, I know I put pictures up and I know I said what I looked like or I said something or you know whatever else. But like when you go to actually meet that person, it's like oh my god, what if they are disappointed by what they see? Like that is a very universal. Maybe, maybe I just have really low self esteem, but <laughs> but I feel like that's no. a universal. Kind of. It is. I mean, it is. I mean, unless, you know, you're just like, you know, completely egocentric or, you know, narcissist to the mm -hmm. highest degree. I mean, even low level narcissists, right, get insecure and stuff. And especially with online dating, because you you haven't even met them and then you have to worry about stranger danger and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. I have my own personal story where basically I was going back and forth with this guy on like OkCupid or Match or one of those fucking things. And we had the best rapport and we were, we were, had the, we had the best conversations and he was so funny. And then we met and I could tell the moment I walked in that like, I was not what he was expecting. Mm. And yeah. And like, here's the best way to know that the person that you've met for a date is not interested in actually going on that date with you is when you sit down at the table at the restaurant and they hand the menu back to the waitress and say, Oh no, we're having drinks. No, no, no food. And I'm like, okay, wow. this is going to be short. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, That's this is going to be short. Yes. I mean, here's the thing though. It, you know, listen, I'm not everybody's cup of tea and that's totally fine. And not everybody is my cup of tea. So you know what? We all have our preferences. We all have our likes and dislikes, all that shit. No tea, no yeah. shade, no, no, no judgment on that. However, you know, 
I felt like I was pretty forthcoming with my pictures. I don't know what he was expecting. Maybe it was just too much. Maybe it's just like this Probably. is. Probably. Probably <sighs> intimidation. Let's be real. And I mean, imagine having that situation. But then, you know, you've also got, you know, let's say, you know, the person is gay or something. They expected a woman or you're a dude or something like it just it's hard when you bring in all those other layers because you're right. Just, you know, for anybody, those situations are hard and they suck. But then you add these other layers like, oh, well, they thought you were this gender or something. You're not that gender. You're a different gender. Oh, they thought you looked very human. But now you look like a fish. Oh, they they don't know what to do with that. And that level of judgment even if you're absolutely right a lot of times we do this unconsciously and everybody has a right to their own what they're into and what they're not but oh my god like there's a there's a line that once that's crossed it doesn't matter if it's intentional or not it hurts oh yeah absolutely and like the one thing that i feel like is a little unclear in this these first two uh, these first two pages is so it appears that like Victor, he's there at the coffee shop. I feel like, is he wearing, was he wearing an image inducer? Like, I'm very confused about that part of it. Like, cause he seems to be there. And then all of a sudden everybody's like shocked to see him. And it's like, so was he wearing an image, image inducer while he was waiting? Or I, I don't know, that is unclear, but whatever, we can move on. Cause there's more to the issue than, than just that. Um, but you know, we got, we got a uh, lady masterminds, one of the uh, LMMs. Uh, are he is here, and uh, it's just actually as great. annoying as the original mastermind. Like just oh, another piece of they're shit. They're the worst. <laughs> and and here's the thing: we're going to talk a little bit about the ladies' mastermind because I've got some theories about them and their relationship with Kurt. Uh, we'll get there in a second. Um, this issue has a lot to do with my feelings about their relationship with Kurt. But uh, so this is. I just want to make it clear: this is Reagan Wingard. Um, I'm just going to mention that right now, and we'll get into it later. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Reagan's here and she's about to fuck shit up. Basically. She's like, she sees Victor. She's like, oh, he looks sad. I, you know, he's someone I can play with. And so she's going to do that. Um, but then we end up back at the Jean Grey school for higher learning. Guys, remember when it was called the Jean Grey school for higher learning? (laughs) How wild is that shit? And I mean, it's, so the artist on this book is Jorge Jimenez and I really have loved his work on Batman. Um, but it is this year, it's 2022. This book we're talking about, Amazing X-Men 13, came out in 2014. Jorge Jimenez's art has gotten so much better since this issue. Um, and I say that with love. Again, I, I love Jimenez's art. He's such a sweetheart. Also, have you seen his Instagram? He's gorgeous. Anyways, um, but ugh, the art for this issue is it, it's hard for me to really uh to really it's- completely love. So I think the one thing we want to keep in mind is this is definitely a fill-in issue. Like this is because so Amazing X Men started around I think 2012 ish, and mm-hmm. uh, it started with it was I think Jason Aaron. It was it started with specifically um, this the quest to find Nightcrawler and to bring him back to life. Like that was where it began, and I want to say that like so this is issue 13. So that's like you know your your typical. Um, like your typical publishing plan is like a six, a three to six issue uh, plot or or story, right? Um, I mean, six issues is a trade paperback. So this is like two trades and then they're putting in this story, which this story is a one shot. It has nothing to do with much of anything else. It mm-hmm. is just a, a, a simple one shot. Um, so I, I want to say that like there might be some lacking as far as like uh, 
like nuance in the art or like cleanliness in the art only because it was probably a fill in and they had to get him in to do this. I might be talking on my ass. Who knows? I did not do enough. I, I spent way too much time researching how to say a knoll and not enough researching anything else. I mean, I mean, I mean, mood. Um, but regardless, I mean, again, like you know, artists are allowed to grow, and 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 the art oh, yeah. isn't like unbearable. But you know, the this next page we're on, like when you first see Kurt, I'm like, yeah, this is not my favorite uh a drawing of Kurt. But it's also important to note that this is just when Kurt's barely been back to life after yeah he he's died. He's still mostly made of worms, which is still. I mean, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Thank God for the resurrection protocols because he could get a body that's not made of worms. Because I mean, um, yeah, we're going to talk about that eventually. We're going to have to get to that, but uh, not not in this issue or not in this. Episode. Thank God. Um, but yeah, so Kurt shows up uh, to Jean Paul's French class, and everybody's getting massages, and I kind of love it because it's just like this. This is just I'm not. I do love North Star. I'm not like a like a super fan. Like I don't know a ton about him, but like I've always loved him when he's been written this way, which is this kind of pompous asshole. And mm-hmm. it it's just, I love it. I mean, Austin wrote him like this and I loved it. It's one of the only things from Austin we loved. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, so he's having his massages and Kurt's like, all right, bitch, I need, I need you over here. And he bamps him away. And of course, North Star is like, now my pants are going to smell like shit for weeks. Get tied, girl. Because like, listen, for, you know what I mean? Like, do you dimension. not wash your clothes? I'm just like, okay. It's it's a stank, man. Kind of like you said, the brimstone dimension. Like it, you no matter how many times you wash it, you're gonna have to bleach it, and you got black pants. I mean, well, how do okay. they think Kurt lives? He he finds well, a way. He exactly number one and number two. Okay, um, I, without going into details, many of us have been in situations where we have been surrounded by, let's say, smoke of a nature that's very pungent and we need to make sure our parents don't smell it. And you know what? Febreze. I mean, Jean-Paul, you live in the 20th, 21st century. Febreze he, is a he thing. He probably thinks he's too good for Febreze. He's like, I'm not going to just go to CVS or Walgreens or whatever and just buy a can of Febreze. Why would I do such a thing? I am above that. I mean, then maybe he needs to, deal with it. I mean, he works with children. Like you're going to smell eventually. It's going to happen. I'm sorry to say. Uh, but so basically the next issue, the next page we get is uh, vi- base. So Nightcrawler's like, where the fuck's Anol? Like he's not here. And he, he's like, I heard you gave him a pass to go to the city. Like you understand how dangerous that is. And you know, you should, you know, you, you should like, he's, he's got a visible mutation. He's a target. And John Paul takes this very, personally because of course like john paul as a gay man is like he takes it personally in a way like how dare you talk to me about you know being a target or being you know something like i like i as if i wouldn't understand that and i think this is this is where like the intersectionality really comes in because the idea of this whole issue is that victor needs both someone who understands his gay side as well as someone who understands his his uh, visible mutation side really in order to kind of come to terms with the situation and move on because, you know, as much as North star is like, yeah, well I, I'm gay and he's gay and we get along. It's like, but, but North star, like, bitch, you, you're pretty good looking. Like you're not well, a green yeah. troll. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's the desire that, okay, great, you, you accept me for being gay. How you even embrace it, that's wonderful. But when it comes down to this other part of me, um, like even just the physical, you still don't accept that. And so it doesn't, at that point, I imagine it doesn't, it doesn't matter at that point whether or not he's accepted for being gay. You still don't accept this other thing. So... You know, you it's, have to accept every every aspect, not just the one that you can identify with and the one that you understand. North Star, like you said, understands the gay aspect. He doesn't understand the physical mutation aspect. Exactly. And like he like I understand his anger at Kurt in that moment where it's just like, but at the same time, you know, there are certain things that you're never gonna face, like Jean Paul. There's just certain things you're just never gonna face. It doesn't matter. And uh, you know, of course, in this case, Kurt no even though Kurt is not gay and he's I mean that's up for a debate with a lot of uh, Logan Logurt shippers, but even though he's not gay, uh, he this is something that he understands much better than North Star does. And so when we move back to Chelsea, uh, can I just say this? I miss Rockslide so much. <laughs> this issue reminded me of how much I love Rockslide and his relationship with Anol. They're so fucking adorable together. I miss him so much. Bring him back. I don't know whatever gate he is now. We don't need it. Bring him back. Um, but so yeah, him and rock slide are chatting. And of course we see a lot of people reacting to Victor as he's walking down the street. Um, and they all are kind of reacting with disgust, mm. you know, he's, but I think part of a lot of this has to do with lady mastermind. I, let me tell you, I grew up going to New York city a lot and it takes a lot to stare. To, it takes a lot to get New Yorkers to stare at somebody. It really fucking does. So I have a feeling this is a lot more of Lady Mastermind's work uh, in getting that. And all of a sudden, so JP shows up and he's like, you know, he takes Santos's phone and is like, "Hey, Victor, what the fuck's going on? You got this blue asshole on my on my ass. So, and I don't like it like that. So you better fucking do, like tell me about something or what's why you're not here." Because apparently Victor said he was going to go meet up with a, a friend from school and right. it was actually he was going to meet for this date and he wasn't very forthcoming about that stuff. So mm. in his in the process of his conversation, all of a sudden, like five versions of the guy he was going to date named Gnome. Interesting choice for name. I mean, was Mike not good? I don't know. Gnome is an interesting I guess choice. Not. I'm, saying. I'm just saying Gnome. I... The only gnome I know is Nomi Malone, and she's the only one that matters. So, but basically, anyway, so all of a sudden there's a thousand gnomes, and they're all like, you know, you're gross, you're disgusting, you want to kiss me, your skin tastes feels gross, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, of course, Anol is young. He's a kid. He's, you know, well, he's younger, and he's just not able to really handle that, you know, and I'm sure that. See, this is another interesting thing that I'm going to ask you about. Mm -hmm. What do you think about like, so, because, because there's another level of, of, of this here where, so Kurt was born the way he looked and he was raised that way. He doesn't know any different. Right. And I can't imagine how tough it is for someone who was not born that way. And suddenly to have like, to have their entire body just kind of change completely into something. I mean, I don't want to say, I grotesque I guess you can say I mean I wouldn't call an old grotesque but you know in a lot of ways like he does not he's not doesn't look human he's like reptile and it's I can't ima I imagine that in itself is very hard to deal with this is this is so his ex situation is a lot more extreme but I imagine it's a more extreme version of what's like 
when we go through puberty, right? Because we're born a mm-hmm. certain way. And as a teenager, you start getting acne. I mean, we get, we also get physical deficiencies, but you know, they're more seen as normal. But when you're a teenager, you don't care if acne is normal to have as a teenager. You're like, oh my God, I'm hideous. And you, you know, people go to great extents, even as adults, but especially when you're a teenager, you know, to cover it up with makeup or, you know, you know, you get bullied for having acne and stuff when again, it is completely normal, which is even worse. So imagine where there is no normal seed to a Noel's look. And you're absolutely right. Like, and, and are, you know, walking around other humans, there is no normal seed on any level to look yeah. more reptilian or whatever. So, um, yeah, oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard as hell. It, and you know, there's a lot of, I think, Again, even though this is a more extreme version that us as humans probably can't identify with as much, I think a lot of us can still identify with the theme behind it. Like, you know, I have a brother who he used to eat whatever he wanted. And then we found out that he has this really rare disease, like super rare, where he can't eat certain things now or he'll throw up. And so he got used to eating all these wonderful things for years and now he just can't do it. And and that was taken from him, you know, like because of the situation. So, um, and I know that's been hard on him. So yeah, I can only imagine for a Noel how hard it is. And then you can't escape it. You know, you, you cannot hide that, you know, you can't hide how you look unless again, you uh, use like an image inducer, which is interesting that that's never uh, discussed and this yeah. issue like it's it's interesting he never thought well i think i heard kurt use an image inducer let me go like try to like steal one from the danger room or something you know you know what though i gotta be honest i mean the image inducer is a bit of a, a deus ex machina like it's just you know it's we have to we do have to do the we do have to do the episode the big dare one of these days we haven't done it yet we have to do that one that's the one where logan dares mm. kurt to walk without his image inducer and i think like the issue with the image inducer is that it's just, it makes it too easy. Like, unless you have a story, I don't know, I, I get I get what you're saying. You're totally right. Um, it would have made sense for him to get an image inducer for this. But at the same time, like, unless you have a story to tell around that image inducer, I don't love the idea of it always being available and always being around. No, um, I agree. And, and it would make sense to me that at this point in time, those wouldn't be available because, you know, yeah, when the early X-Men comics were out, that was still something explored. But I imagine by 2014, right, um, especially in Jean Grey's Institute, that's something that wasn't explored in terms of, no, that's not an option. We don't want you to hide who you are. We're going yeah. to teach you, you know, that it's okay to love yourself. And if somebody puts you through hell, you let us know and we'll we'll back you up. We'll figure out what to do. Um yeah, that that you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I guess I'm it's not that I would want that in the storyline, so it's probably better, like you said, narratively that, that was not done. And I'm sure Tinyan, because here's the thing too, Tinyan uh, to my knowledge is gay, I think, unless I'm wrong on that. So you have a LGBTQ writer writing this story, which also makes a lot of sense. And so I could see him going, Yeah, I'm not using that old narrative. Like, get the fuck no image inducer. That that sucks. You know. Yeah, I've, I've, it's been a long time since we've seen anyone use the image inducer, I feel like. Uh, the the thing I can only think back to is like, I don't know, it's been a long time. Um, so moving on to the next page, I kind of love how this page starts where Kurt, is Kurt just interviewing everybody at the Institute? Like, is he in charge of making sure they're not overpaying people? Because he just seems like he's talking to a dupe now and he's like, what do you, what do, you do here exactly? 
Um, and the answer to that is dupe gives good dick. That's what he does. That is literally canon. Dupe is like a fuck master. He is. I didn't make this up. I didn't make this up. It is fucking canon. I'm pretty sure he fucked Wolverine. Like dupe is everybody's boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever you want to call it, because I don't really even know what dupe's exact gender is. I don't think dupe has a gender. Here's the thing. Nobody knows anything about dupe's character except a couple things. And one of the things is that he's a fuck master basically without any way of putting it and he literally taught like sex education essentially at this school like that was literally what he did which i think's fucking rad that's fantastic i love it i'm a big dupe fan because i loved x factor and ecstatics way way back in the day like those were some mm-hmm. of my favorite comics that i when i first started reading i loved them so much um so, yeah, so now North Star is on his way to go get Anol, and Nightcrawler's like, I'm coming. And he's like, and, and North Star's like, no, 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 you're not. And he's like, well, if I don't come, then I'm just going to bamf all around you until you smell like shit. So, how about it? Um, so, that's how they end up heading to New York City. It's it just more bullshit from Lady Mastermind. She's being terrible to Victor. I mean, poor Anol. What the hell's new? I mean, she's just being awful. And she's like, she's making him like, obviously see things and then being like, haha, but you can't have this. And then he's running and he's all sad as hell. But then North Star comes in and punches. Yes. Yes, North Star. Yes. He comes in and punches, but like, he punches like her. It's not her he's punching. He's just kind of like punching like her. It's an Master illusion of her illusion. There we go. Her illusions. They're not magic tricks. They're <laughs> illusions. Um, so yeah, she's pun- he's punching the illusions. Kurt's like, what the fuck's going on? This is weird. And Lady Mastermind then singles right on him and makes him think he's back like in Germany with his little, his cute little, I don't know, he's like all ripped up little pants. And he's like a little baby Kurt. Baby Kurt. And Oh, yeah, it's so she's just like fucking things up. And he's like, I'm a man. I'm a man. And I don't know, for some reason, like an Azazel looking Wolverine thing shows up, which is like, I don't understand what that is. But okay, I'll take it. Uh, Oh, and the the thing I forgot to mention was before Kurt and Northstar left, Kurt was like, I need my swords. And I'm like, bitch, get it. Yes. Who does not love a fucking sword, right? Yes. And the best part is that he goes, uh, huh, an illusion. I knew the swords would come in handy. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes. He's just like cutting right through that bullshit, like literally. And then, of course, on the opposite side of things, North Star is also being fucked up by Lady Mastermind uh, because he all of a sudden Kyle is there and Kyle's like, I don't want anything to do with you. And then Aurora shows up and Bobby shows up. And he's like, you're gross, you're unbearable, we don't love you, we hate you, whatever. And then Kurt shows up and is basically like, you're disgusted, your life disgusts me, you inflict it on children. But then Kurt is, his head is cut off by real Kurt, because that's fake Kurt. Yes, real Kurt does not tolerate homophobic fake Kurt. Unacceptable. We don't, he does not tolerate him. Yes, he is like, nope, enough of that bullshit. Uh... And then, then they have like this moment, which is like, okay, you're in the middle of a battle. You don't have to have this moment, but it's cute where, uh, you know, Kurt's like, oh, oh, first of all, Kurt is like, it's one of Mastermind's daughters, Martinique Wingard. Now, it is Reagan, 100%. It's not Martinique. However, 
I don't know if James Tinian screwed it up or if Kurt screwed it up. And I like to think that Kurt did. I like to think that he's like, it's one of those bitches. I don't know. Martinique Reagan. I don't know. It's one of those bitches. It's one of those mastermind bitches. So I kind of like the idea that he's like, whatever. It's one of those stupid mastermind girls. Right. Uh, and this this moment here, like, yeah, it's a male battle, but um, I think this is one of the biggest points of this issue and, and one of my favorite moments, um, but especially as a Nightcrawler fan, but in general, you know, especially for Pride, where, you know, at, at this point in time, it had been established that Kurt was a basically essentially a priest, a big part of the church. And when we see here, North Star internalized that. And so, you know, Kurt's like, Jean-Paul, do you really think so little of me? And Jean-Paul goes, well, we were, we were never close. And Kurt said, you always kept your distance. I respected that. And then, you know, Jean-Paul brings up the elephant in the room and the church. And Mm -hmm. Jean-Paul, listen to me. I've been to heaven. I remember you there fighting beside me. That is all that matters. So this is, this is a really good moment for both of them because, you know, it shows that, you know, we can't, and I think it's important for us in the community to remember that we can't assume things of people that are religious and stuff. Number one, I know I'm guilty of that being like, Oh, well this person's super religious. They probably have underlying homophobic intentions or thoughts or feelings. And that's not always the case. Um, mm-hmm. And two, it's really great because Kurt doesn't justify himself or he doesn't try to defend the church or his religion. He simply says, I know you are good in his own way, right to him. That means going to heaven. And so he's said that, you know, and said, look, that's all that matters. It, it doesn't matter what a Bible says or what I think a God says or what you think a God says. This is the fact I know. And that's it. And I just thought that was a really nice moment because it was a it was a quick way to have that discussion that had, you know, especially for Jean-Paul. It seemed like he'd been wanting to have with Kurt for so long, but never felt he could. And it was taken care of just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I totally agree. And it, it was I- nice to see. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, I think too, you know, one one thing to consider is like Jean Paul and Kurt are very different in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And I don't know that they're two characters who would ever be friends. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they're colleagues, they're work acquaintances. They're just not the kind of characters that I would ever be like. Oh yeah, no, they're BFFs. This totally makes sense. So it makes sense. He's like, like you kept your distance, and I respected it. Like that's it has nothing to do with you or who you love or who you are. It's just. We're just two different people and we don't like, it's okay if we don't, we're not friends. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine, but it doesn't mean I don't respect you. It doesn't mean that I don't, you know, like you. It's just, you know, we're just not close and that's fine. And then of course they're going to get back into the battle and uh, take out uh, Lady Mastermind and North Star really tries to like to connect with Anol and be like, I've been there. I know where you are. I know what you're going through. Like, I'm going to help you. And this is where like that intersectionality comes in because Victor is like, you don't, you have no fucking idea what it's like to be me. Like, like you are gorgeous and beautiful and I am a fucking scaly, gross thing. And of course that is just feeding into Lady Mastermind and she is just, you know, you know, giving him more and more uh, reasons to hate himself and showing him more and more like visages of himself, like as this disgusting thing that is like pulling off skin and all this stuff. And, you know, he's just goes off and off about uh, on North star. Like, how could you like, you're a movie star. You're gorgeous. How could you possibly know what I am going through? And this is where Kurt comes in and is like, Hey, but like, I might know a thing or two about being a monster. Like, 
or feeling like a monster. Like, what do you think? And this is where they have uh, one of my favorite interactions in comics ever, and which is where we get our name, uh, where Kurt basically is like, you know, it's always difficult. It's always going to be difficult. It's there's not, you know, there's no, there's no easy out of this. There's no like, you know, it's, this is something that you have to come to terms with because the rest of the world is going to treat you a certain way, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you can't, you need to be, find a way to see how great you are. And so I'm just going to read it verbatim where, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's saying basically like, I look like a demon. I'm strange. Like my hands are strange. My touch is alien. And Victor basically says, how did you deal with it? And he said, one day I had an important realization. I remembered that I am quite simply amazing. TM, TM. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is no one in the world like me. No one with my experiences. No one with my particular own particular opinions. My troubles, they simply make me stronger. They've given me other tools to work with. I just want to point out, like, this is something every single person should read and, and, and like, internalize. Because we all are. They're, like we're all uniquely us. We there's no other person in the world that has the same res- the same experiences, the same uh, everything as us. Each one of us is unique in its own right, and th- there's pride in that in and of itself. There's pride in being who you are, unapologetically, and and just you know saying this is me, world, own it. You 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 can like me or you can leave me, but I'm me, and I'm not going to change for anybody. And yeah, he says, I'm fully entirely me. And I'm quite fond of that me. I wouldn't want to be anyone else, not for a moment. And then he asked, well, did you get the girl? Of course. I mean, Kurt's gotten plenty of fucking, plenty of tail. <laughs> quite literally. So, yeah. Right. And and it's, it's just, it's like you said, it's just such a nice moment that is both, you know, it's, it's uplifting. It, it can be seen as cheesy, but it's that one page is just written so well. I think Tanya nailed on the head and he really also captured Kurt there and what he would say because Kurt knows he can't say something that will magically make everything better, but he can remind, you know, this kid essentially that, Hey, like I've been there and at some point you're going to be where I am, which is realizing that you're great despite all this fucking bullshit you're going to deal with. And you are going to find love. Should you want it? Like it's, it's yeah. going to happen. And I think the important thing too to to take out of all of this is like, um, you know, it might take time, and it you know you're gonna find the right person eventually. It's I mean, I feel like we all need this to hear this, but like, you know, just because you've been through a bunch of duds or you're you you keep meeting people who aren't into you or aren't interested in who you are doesn't mean you should change who you are. It means you just need to keep looking and stay and stay authentic. There's nothing more attractive to another person than someone who is like 100% authentically confident in who they are and knows who they are. That yeah. is something that is, that is what's attractive. And that's what makes Kurt attractive in a lot of ways is like, he is who he is and he is never going to apologize for it. It's like, yeah, I'm blue and I'm furry and I smell like, what do you want? Like, sorry about yeah. it. You know? Yeah, um, and, and, uh, yeah. So eventually, you know, this, this lady mastermind bitch, whatever she, uh, she, uh, ends up basically, you know, revealing her actual goal, which is garbage. I don't think it's worth acknowledging, but basically it really had nothing to do with the kid in the first place. And then she literally says it, she goes, I don't care about that boy. And then up, I'm right behind her. 
Vic goes, yeah, well, the feeling's mutual. And just a just a great punch to the face that the bits deserved. I mean, it was it's just pure comics right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love I love how they're like, we're going to call S.H.I.E.L.D., pick this bitch up, and then we're going to go back to school. And it's funny, like, you know, oh, North Star is the one who's like, hey, it's a school night. I don't think uh, I don't think you can stay because Vic wanted to stay in the city and do something. And Curse the one who's like, eh, we'll bend a rule. Let him stay. Let him do his thing. And uh, and yeah, he ends up going out and meeting up with Gnome and sees him. And actually, Gnome doesn't like hate him. He's like, yeah, let's get a coffee. Like, why not? And it's just like, I mean, granted, Gnome's pissed off at first because he's like, I can't, I literally came into the city to meet you, bitch. And you, you stood me up. And that seems to be his biggest issue is like that he was stood up more than, you know, uh, uh, more than whatever, but I don't know. It's just, it's very cute. It's, you know, they go and like, they have their little coffee and in my mind, uh, Nightcrawler takes Lady Mash to mind. They have some hate sex and then drops her off a shield. So, cause I don't know. Like, so I, the hot villain blondes. I mean, what's Kurt supposed to do? Not do that. He loves a hot blonde. And especially <laughs> if that hot blonde is evil. Uh, like, it's just like, it's fucking can't, it's like co- cocaine for him. It's just, he needs it all the time. Um, <laughs> he loves a hot, hot evil blonde. Uh, I don't know. I see, I got this, I got this whole thing in my head from listening to Cerebro. Uh, and like, this was a while ago. Cause he, they, they covered lady masterminds, the ladies mastermind a while ago. And, um, I, I remember Nightcrawler coming up during that episode and like the whole idea of like, he would definitely fuck them and they would definitely fuck him. But no, none of them, like none of them would admit to it. Like they'd be like, no gross, no gross. I would never fuck them, but they're like definitely having hate sex behind something. So I'm all down for that. Like, yeah, I think, I think that would be hilarious. Um, And, 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 but all said, I mean, this is a, it's a, it's a cute issue that I like it because even though, yes, it's a one shot and a filler issue in its own right, it it tackles and talks about subjects that are often hard to do without being too on the nose the whole time, which I appreciate. Tiny did a a good job with, you know, the one issue he had to work with to tell the story in. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, I, I will say that 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 whole little Simply Amazing speech is something that I so I think we talked about this a little bit before but um during covid which was a tough time for everybody right we're all like kind of stuck in our houses we can't do anything we don't know what's going on and you know we're, we're trying our best and this little speech was something that i would repeat to myself over and over again when i was feeling like the hardest time it's like i i remember i am quite simply amazing and it's like there is no one like me i am uniquely me and I don't know why it just kept coming back to me. And I guess that's eventually why this ended up being the name of the podcast. Cause it just was over and over and over again. It just seemed to like make sense. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a very heartfelt issue. It's very cute. It does a very good job of showing that intersectionality of like, you know, it, it's not everyone that, that no matter how alike you are to somebody else, you're not going to have the same experiences and you might not necessarily be the one to help them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of that I, yeah, I love this issue. I'm really glad we did it. Um, we we did this. I think it's super cute and super fun. And yeah, I totally recommend everyone go read it, especially all those Anol fans out there. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I didn't really know Anol until I read this issue at all. So um, I'm I'm There's all on board with Team Anol. 
there's not much, I don't think there's much else about Anol, to be perfectly honest. I Justice for Anol, then. Hashtag. <laughs> justice for Anol. Oh, my God. I don't know. If, does does Anol need justice? Like, everybody's telling me. You guys, let us know. Does Anol they, need they, justice? They did this. They did this issue and then put him back in the closet, it sounds like. That's not acceptable. Gay rights. <laughs> well, I mean, he's still gay, but he's probably in a closet somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he like, Anol's yeah, the kind of kid. where is he? Where is Anol? <laughs> Anol's the kind of kid who, like, walks into a closet and can't find his way out. I totally believe oh, that. Oh, poor Anol. Poor, poor <laughs> no, justice for Anol. Justice for Anol. We love him. <laughs> justice for Anol. Anyway, well, thank you guys for coming back and enjoying us for this fabulous Pride episode. Um, yeah, if you have not read this issue, please read it. It is so fun. It is so cute. Um, and yeah, you get that cute speech by Nightcrawler, which I would say for any of you out there who are struggling with anything, just print it out and put it on your mirror and look at it every single day Honestly, and remember yes. that. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, um, you know, if you guys have any other, uh, moments that you might call pride moments that involve Kurt or anything, or even just other X-Men ones, let us know, tweet them at us because we want to see them. We want to talk about it. We Absolutely. We know about them, um, because all the X-Men are gay. That's just a fact. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, probably. Let's be real. I mean, here's the thing. They are even if they weren't before they became X Men, they've been living in that school long enough. Everybody starts fucking everybody. Well, and listen, they're mutants. They're they're technically a species above us. And we all forget this because up until this Krakoan era especially, the mutants have basically been written as humans but with powers, but they're literally a species above us. Uh, Well evolutionarily. So like why uh, like why wouldn't their view on sexuality and gender and stuff evolve beyond what ours is? It wouldn't start well, that way if they're like, look, we're in the human world, but like see, this is an interesting thing you bring up because like whereas they are see the this is a, this is definitely a topic for another episode because the idea like are mutants another species? Are they the next evolution in our species? Like, where does it... Because the thing is, is like, they can't... They're not a fully other species because they can reproduce with humans. So they can't Mm -hmm. possibly be a completely full other species. But... And then the other side of it goes to like, you know, you... It's it's that nature versus nurture, right? So even if they are a, a, a whole other species or this next evolutionary step species, they're still socialized as humans, especially when they're young. So it's like... Yeah. You know, I mean, you're like, not we wrong. Can evolve now that they have Krakoa. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, they, Krakoa is evolving them in lots of ways. That is for sure. There's a lot feel, of evolving I mean, happening in closed quarters, and probably right in the middle of Krakoa. We just don't get it on page. You know what? I really would love to see. I want a one shot, and I want that one shot to be about Rachel Summers, and it's just her like at the bar with Blob at like the at the tiki bar. And Blob just keeps refilling her drink because she's just like, every night I go to bed and I hear my fu- my parents fucking Logan and I can't do it anymore. <laughs> every night. Well, I- but, no, and then Blob just randomly encourages her on like one of the last times, like the fifth time this is happening, like the fifth night she's complaining. He's like, why don't you just go fuck all the women? that that want to be fucked by you i mean just get them back if anything and have fun doing it she's like you know what that's a great idea blob and then that's what leads into her fucking all the women women oh, yeah. on krakoa and being a stud here for so, it we we've made the story marvel listen connor from cerebro said it best when he said that she needs to be the shane from the l word of krakoa and just be crushing that puss because i totally agree 
100% like get this girl in, get this girl uh, doing something. Get but her I, in as many women as possible. I mean, what? Mm-hmm. This is what mm-hmm. happens when we bring up Rachel on this podcast. We lose our shit. We really do. Like, <laughs> like here's the thing. I'm not gay. But for Rachel, though, I don't know. I mean, that makes me question things because Rachel is hot. I actually really, <laughs> I have this like idea in my head that I'm eventually going to do a uh, classic Excalibur Rachel Summers cosplay, like with the whole hound outfit <gasps> and, and the mullet haircut. I just need to, co- I just need to commit to getting a mullet. <laughs> or just get a really crazy wig. That's true. I could do that too. Well, guys, again, uh, let's. I guess we'll we'll let the Rachel talk be the end of our Pride episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Pride episode if we don't talk about Rachel Summers. Oh, girl. Do, here's my question: Do we need to do a Rachel episode for the month of June? Because it's a lot to talk about. She did date Nightcrawler in a very Look, but, but interesting decision. I, I don't on want both to talk part. about that during Pride Month. I want to talk about what she should be doing now. That's true. Okay. We'll figure it out. We, we got lots of stuff to talk about anyway in the interim. And don't worry, we'll get to Rachel. We are going to get to Rachel. We'll probably do several episodes on Rachel just because she's fucking amazing and has a lot of connection to Kurt in a lot of different ways. Uh, yeah. So Lauren, where can they find you? I was going to say she can connect with me in a lot of ways. Um, you all uh, can find me uh, and Rachel Summers. If you are real and listening, you can also find me on Twitter at FriendlyMBHDBI. Um, come bother me. It's Pride Month. Like, send me gay shit. Even if I don't know you, my DMs are open. Have at it. Like, let's go. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Her DMs are open. You hear that, everybody? Ladies, gentlemen, and everybody in between. <laughs> Her DMs are they open. They heard it She's once, Lisa. They heard it once. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm trying to be a good wingman or wingwoman, as it were. Uh, yeah, if you want to come bother me, you can find me at the OG Nocturne, and that's N-A-C-H-T-R-U-N-E. Did I spell that right? I think so, yeah. Whatever. Yes. You'll, figure, you'll figure it out. Uh, and then, of course, we have our fabulous website uh, where all of our links to everything is, simplyamazingpod.com. You can find our links to our Twitter, our Instagram, our Twitch, our Facebook, also to our new shop where, again, everything that is sold this month is going to donate. We're going to donate to the Trevor Project. So please buy yourself a juggernaut and a black Tom shirt like I did. Buy yourself a BAMF shirt like I did. Yeah, I bought it all. So please do go enjoy. Get yourselves. Show us what you look like in it. We want to see you wearing it. And like I said, again, every single cent is going to go to the Trevor Project. So it's a fantastic uh, way to support Pride and support people in general this month. Um, Yeah. And yeah, we'll be back next week with another fantastic episode. If you like us, review us, rate us, tell us you love us. If you don't, I don't know, keep your mouth shut. We don't need to hear from you. (laughs) It's okay. Actually, you know, if you don't love us, tell us too, because I want to hear about it. I want to know. I want to know what people don't like about me. All right. So maybe, maybe say, any any press is good press. Depending. Well, that's it. And maybe honestly, if people can tell me what they don't like about me, and I can add it to my match profile and be like, "Hey, b- hated for these reasons." Right. I'm like, I'm waving my gavel around. I was gonna say, I want people to know that as you were saying this, you were waving your gavel, like being very threatening. I am very threatening. This gavel. <laughs> This gavel, this is from when I was an auctioneer, ladies and gentlemen. I used to be an auctioneer, so. Listen, anyway, I just I just think talk that uh, you should have that right next to you in the bedroom. So if anybody messes up, gavel, rolling. You are That's doing it. garbage. Oh, girl, that is such a good idea. <laughs> Okay, that's for another podcast. (laughs) For another podcast. And for for, uh, anyone out there who is dealing with any issues, any crisis, anything where you feel like you are not enough, maybe identity issues, trying to figure out who you are as a person, you know what? You 
are uniquely you. There is no one else like you in this entire world. And don't forget that you are simply amazing. 